0: Once I kind of get something in my mind and I see the potential, I get obsessive and overly Mm -hmm. ambitious and kind of just dive in with both feet. And like now I'm in and and you know that about me. So it's like if I say yes to this, (laughs) this is likely going somewhere. So I actually have to be
1: careful and even like planting seeds in your mind. But it also I can use this superpower for my well-being. Like the fact that we have a hot tub currently filling up because I planted that seed of like, we should maybe get a hot tub. And then then walk away. It looks like
2: hot tub. (laughs) <laughs> well, okay, within a week, okay. I'm getting
1: like mar- like Facebook Marketplace, like here's a hot tub, what kind would you want? What but size? And he's researching what kind. Do you know what, if you want chlorine, bromine, salt water? And I was like, I have literally only thought as far as a hot, hot tub top. would be nice. <laughs> I don't
0: want to buy a new <laughs> one because they're so bloody expensive. We don't so to talk about a yeah. hot tub. So all
1: that to say his brain's like, woo, hot tub world.
0: Welcome to another episode of Efficient by Design podcast. Um, Today, uh, my guest is Tiana Reamer, my wife, and uh, co-hosting with me is my business partner, Mark. Um, So to set the stage a little bit, we are going to kind of pick up the story of the evolution of Acrobus Leather uh, with my wife's perspective. Um, So a little backstory, Uh, we've been married now for almost 20 years, Uh, we've got four kids, and we have... Built a house together from the ground up. Uh, we've also renovated, done a significant renovation on a uh, 70s home. Um, Tiana did the bookkeeping for my construction company for how many years? Twelve? 14,
1: Fourteen. Something like that? Yeah, so yeah. she
0: was doing the books and payroll hmm. and benefits and all that stuff. Um, and then there came a time where we actually transitioned to a bookkeeper to try and free up
1: yeah, that was uh, your when the, with the leather company. That wasn't oh. that so was you did it the, the
2: whole time company. Company. with yeah. construction. Okay,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Right. See, I don't remember stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm here. This is why. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we ended up transitioning to having a, a bookkeeper to kind of as things were growing and there was you know two parallel running companies, um, and then we yeah, we brought in a bookkeeper to kind of take on the the uh, the lion's share, the entire share mm-hmm. of the bookkeeping side of things.
1: Yeah, with a um, lot of the companies, it's just a lot more complicated than mm-hmm. a construction company too.
0: Yeah. Why don't you actually speak to that quick, just to, in regards sure. to the transition from you bookkeeping to Danielle?
1: Sure, yeah. So with our construction company, um, because of how you had structured your company, we only ever sold labor. And so that simplifies the bookkeeping a lot. So we didn't have any um, materials that were going through our business that was all separate and done by the homeowners or the um, developers that you were working for. Oh, so that makes it,
2: so much sense. The whole time I've been like, how... How did you do it? I'm like, every little <laughs> nail. Now you realize
0: it was like nothing.
2: Uh, that well, not it nothing. So it was, easy. Tiana's like, yeah. come on, man. It was and just for context, too. It was too, never <laughs> stressful. The, the,
0: the construction company, uh, what we provided was labor for concrete and framing. Yeah. Right? So I, I was asked numerous times to do start to finish, get licensed, you know, because I actually managed the projects that I, I worked on. So mm-hmm. I would take on... I would end up calling for inspections and ordering all the material and scheduling pump trucks and so like I I managed the the projects because that gave me control of that that whole operation. Um, I'd be responsible for it and then things went smoother. More work for me, but I basically functioned as a general contractor um, on a project, but only actually charged for labor of of uh, concrete and framing. So that mm. was that was what we provided.
1: Yeah, and it grew like there's. I don't have a you know degree in bookkeeping, not degree. I don't know what you would get a certificate in bookkeeping, mm-hmm. whatever you take to be like an official bookkeeper, but I was in I like math. So I was in when I was in university before I <laughs> dropped out. <laughs> um, I was doing a math major. So just working with numbers I'm really comfortable with and so I was able to self-taught along with the helpline of the CRA. <laughs> Called Crazy. them a lot and asked a lot of questions.
2: That's interesting to me. Yeah, I get yeah. I mean it's it's unfamiliar for territory yeah. for me, so that's why I'm yeah. like okay. So when you would buy like a pair uh, a pair uh, a, a box of screws or something like that, you would just send the receipt to your, to the builder or you kind of had a different line for this. Oh, uh, well, we, we don't yeah. need to get out and yeah, No, that's yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So so
0: basically I would provide that was part of my what I would supply would be fasteners. That's mm-hmm. pretty yeah. typical here At anyway. At first you
1: didn't. And yeah, it the was first while. annoying because yeah. then you'd have like a leftover box and then what do you do? And so it yeah. got easier just to say, you know what, fasteners are included. Whatever's left over, we just take to the next job.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is also back in like the early-ish 2000s. And so, you know, the technology we have now and the online systems and the hour tracking, like that stuff didn't exist hmm. on online, you know, in applications. I mean, I was using a flip cell phone mm-hmm. and we had Excel. paper timesheets. Remember the for... Razor phone?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: and then the blackberry (laughs) i never had one (laughs) yeah so so we went from like all hard copy stuff so i think you know for the amount of bookkeeping i do now for the leather company which is all online through apps super easy intuitive um all online i think back to tiana doing it longhand hard copies (laughs) you know reading my employees chicken scratch on time sheets you know that was mm-hmm. a
1: that was probably the hardest part job. yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, come on chad <laughs> yeah
1: literally we had a chad he's great we love chad <laughs> well, chad, chad
0: again is my wrong-handed right my <laughs> yeah. both yep. hand he's not right or left-handed and i just tell people he's he's just awful with both hands <laughs>
2: <laughs> he'll write
0: he'll, he'll laugh chad. at this but he would write either left or right-handed and it would be it'd be chicken scratch with both was <laughs> like i can write either <laughs> no you, you kind of can't write with yeah. either actually
1: <laughs> yeah, but the as far yeah the bookkeeping goes, I just kind of learned as I went. Uh, um, it's interesting you don't need to charge GST until a certain amount and things like that. So when I needed to, I would learn that piece. So I was mm-hmm. able to kind of learn it incrementally, and uh, yeah, and it, it just worked. But yeah. it was very evident very quickly with the leather company that this was a whole different ball game, mm. right? You're importing goods and exporting goods, and you're um, now selling a product. You have selling inventory. Yeah, all the provinces taxes. and taxes, yeah. and yeah, all of a sudden I thought it was like I was pushed off a ledge, you know, in the ocean where all of a sudden there's those drop-offs. I was like, whoa, this is like way different. And so that's when I, we brought in someone else. And uh,
0: and that was pretty early on because mm-hmm. at that point, uh, like I didn't have any employees yet. I was doing everything by myself. And it just became, you became aware that, oh, this next phase is going to require all this extra mm-hmm. work and knowledge that you don't have. Yeah. So very early, you kind of saw the writing on the wall. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. uh, we talked about that, bringing someone else in.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. So that's yeah. great. So then my involvement just shifted a bit with uh, with the leather company. So now not so much in in the books. Um, still involved in other ways, but quite minimally. Yeah. Um, yeah. At this point. Well, that was
0: one of the one of the things I remember very early on when I started dabbling in this um, and getting a sewing machine. And she kind of I think saw the potential for this to become something. And it was very very early on. She's like, "Just this is all fine and great. I'm in support of everything. This is great, but." I will never sit behind a sewing machine. (laughs) That was made clear to me right away.
1: Yeah. So personality wise, Luke is more introverted and likes to kind of, um, work with his hands and he can just be in his own zone and, and just like have a full day on his own working on stuff. And it's like super life giving. And for me, that would suck the life out of me. Like just having to like zone in on a manual task without, uh, being more social and, uh, yeah, so I, I was curious if he was like, hey, we can, like, do this together. And I wanted to be like, I, I don't want to do that.
0: <laughs> Which is a little bit hard to be like, but it would be with me. We we work well together, don't we? And then he's like, but I, I don't want to do that sort of work. Um, Okay, so to kind of jump back a little bit mm-hmm. in regards to the uh, transition or when you saw the twinkle in my eye in regards to tool belts, what was that? Because right. you know, it's framing full time, and then you – you know, I'm talking about trying to replace my tool belt. That for that two years. Of, okay, so so give your <laughs> give your timeline and experience of <laughs> observing me. This is
2: also some marriage counseling here. So That's what are right. you going to do? I'll <laughs> ask some specific questions in a few yeah. minutes.
1: So yeah, so sometimes uh, a, a quality disqual uh, the a reality a reality of, of Luke is uh, his like time frame awareness is sometimes low. And so even the to remember that it was two years of him struggling to find the perfect tool belt. So I got to hear for two years about why is there not a tool belt like XYZ? Like why don't they have this feature and why don't they make them like this? And I was becoming more invested in tool belts than I ever wanted to be. <laughs> and their features. Like date night. Yeah. And so um yeah, Luke had spent a few years buying and, and returning and trying to figure out how to find the perfect tool belt. And so when he first, um, came across a upholstery sewing machine on in the classifieds and was like, you know what? I can buy this. Apparently it's a really good deal. I've talked to someone I could like sew my own tool belt and then sell this machine and I'll have the perfect tool belt. Like, can I, what do you think of if I buy this, this little sewing machine? Um, and then, you know, get rid of it later. And I was like, if this is going to solve the tool belt, like dilemma of the last few years, then yes, please <laughs> buy this machine. Little did you
2: know, like fast forward a few years, yeah. we have a whole warehouse. Of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was literally because he, he was so um, passionate about finding a good tool belt and like Luke's MO is efficiency and why like things needlessly being more difficult than they need to be.
0: And I'll pause you there for a second. Sure. In the sense that it's a bit of a red flag that goes up. That that whole process wasn't me saying there are no good tool belts on the planet. So for instance, there was nothing that I was that I personally identified with that would be perfect for me, but I would give credit to the fact that there are several other high-end good tool Mm -hmm. makers out there, but they didn't really tick all the boxes for the way that I wanted to work the way I wanted my tools and fasteners, the materials I wanted to use. There was nothing that fit that, that precise vision that I had. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say that, you know, the other companies out there, the high end companies they're I have nothing bad to say about them. They've all have their, have their place. that caveat carry on look at that
2: so respectful I know
1: I know yeah which is a tricky thing to hear when you're like so there's good tool belts out there so just buy one (laughs) 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 so he was like these are great but not what I'm looking for and um and, and I think in your mind because you're the kind of person that that will put in the effort to create something even if it's just for your own use like for your own enjoyment that this, hey, I really enjoyed the creative process as well. So even the thought of creating the tool belt was appealing to you almost more like a hobby. Mm. Like, oh, I'd actually enjoy making this and then it would be what I want and I would solve my problem and kind of like, not kill two birds, one stone, but enjoy the process. So it was actually like an appealing task to take on, not like a, a laborious, like, oh, I gotta make myself, myself my own tool belt because there's not a good tool belt out there. He was like, I'm actually intrigued by the idea of making my own tool belt, mm. and then also the satisfaction of like I made this; it's exactly what I want. Awesome! Like so that part of it too. Like um, I don't know if you've shared this on other podcasts so far, but like Luca's made himself his own guitar, mm. and it's not because there's not good, good guitars out there, right? It's not because there's not great guitars out there. It's because he was intrigued by the process of what it takes to make a guitar, and to just see what it's like to create one, and then have one that he's made, right? And it turned out beautiful, and it sounds great, which you didn't know right how it was going to turn out because that's a pretty intense process making a guitar but yeah. you enjoy those kind of processes which is why you're a builder because you like using your hands and making stuff so it wasn't just about um yeah all tool belts are out there are bad it was i'm intrigued by the process of making them yeah. i think this could be an enjoyable project um what do you think about me yeah buying this machine and then selling it when I'm done, and then hey, mm-hmm. I've solved the, the the thing I've been trying to figure out for the last few years, so it was a pretty easy yes yeah
2: um what yeah what made it what, so from there you made your own, mm-hmm. but then it wasn't quite perfect, so you wanted to keep trying. was that how you because then it, it evolved from there, it wasn't like just yeah. a sewing machine, and then you ended up you know well again,
0: out. a couple of things come to mind. I mean, Chad talks about this you know becoming a bit of a hobby, and I wouldn't say that I looked at it that way. I thought i wanted the end goal is to have a tool belt that will serve me. Perfect. And I mm-hmm. will enjoy the process of getting there, but I'm not trying to develop a like parallel interest and in a lifetime, you know, love of leathercraft stuff. No, right? or, or was, even a company for that matter. No, no not, not, at at all. That time. <laughs> not at all. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of my obsession was like trying to get this thing that works great mm-hmm. and I would be happy with and then wrap it up, like mm-hmm. with my guitar that I built. I'm like, I could have. You know, endeavored to build a luthier shop and build all the jigs that you should have to do this repeatedly. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, no, no, I'm going to actually build one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do all kinds of Frankenstein jigs and do this in a really kind of odd way so that I can mm-hmm. actually efficiently get one built in a reasonable time frame, <laughs> and then it's finished, and I've got a, a nice guitar to show for it. And it is <laughs> for anybody who's watching and listening. It's an acoustic guitar, not an electric. Mm-hmm. The difference in constructing those two instruments is mm-hmm. extremely different. So. Um, it, it took a long time, but it was a, a huge process. So, having the end product was what I was after.
2: So,
1: what are you laughing <laughs> at? Because
2: it'd be funny if we like put up a photo and it was like this janky, ugly guitar. Oh. <laughs> no, it's
1: actually beautiful. <laughs> As I know,
2: I know. It's like that's the, what's expected. But you'd yeah. yeah. be like, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, hey, guys, if, if you're wondering, it's an amazing, <laughs> it's, it's like it's not that kind of guitar. And we show it and it's like
3: yeah it's like
0: glue coming
2: out the sides and it's got its
0: quirks and stuff, but uh, yeah. you know from probably looking at it like, it looks yeah. it does look nice and it
1: has that one spot where, you, where the, oh I,
0: there was there's a few stories where the chisel
1: jumped or whatever it was and That's you're like, no, put a big, big, big gouge, gouge in it yeah
0: yeah,
2: that sucked. <laughs> um, big. I bet you I, I couldn't find it yeah. maybe I don't know <laughs>
0: um, so yeah and the other, the other thing to mention too is that my experience with any kind of sewing of any sort, existed in grade eight my home ec class where i built a, a pair of boxer shorts and a pillow we and still that have my, that pillow that you're gonna
1: I say we still have it. those boxer shorts. i think shorts. i might have finally got rid of it because i was like
0: <laughs> the filling was getting all lumpy and it was gross yeah. but anyway that was my sewing experience so when it came time to to build a tool belt I'm like, okay i have a sewing machine that will sew through a reasonably thick amount of leather but not like the stuff we do now um but i'm like i don't have a clue where to start so i'm like where's our old my old pairs of work pants, I'll cut them apart Mm -hmm. and start trying to figure out how to make a pocket. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. like here's a rectangular piece of material, let's fold it in half, sew the edges and flip it inside out. Like the most crude, basic elementary little sleeve pocket you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And then I start looking at, okay, I wanna create this sort of a shape and to hang this way. And I want these areas to be reinforced and strong because I've worn tool belts and see where they fail. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it probably took me, it was two or three months to have a single bag (laughs) that its geometry functioned and worked in a way that I was like, this is something to work from. This is like a foundational part Mm -hmm. of this.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and I mean, we would be, you know, out on a date night, those rare date nights at that (laughs) stage when our kids were so little. But I remember being out and like most people will, you know, lose their husband to like a sports game on a screen in a a restaurant or whatever. And no no screen necessary for Luke to lose him. (laughs) All of a sudden he'd be like kind of off in his world. I'm like, hey want to come back to our date? What'd you do? And then that brain and he'd be like, Oh, I was just thinking about if I like made this tab a little bit longer, I could like do this. And, and I'm like, okay, like, that's cool. Like, but, uh, but again, it's just your, he, his, uh, his mental, um, energy whenever you had free space would go towards the, the belts in this time and, or the belt, the belt, I should say <laughs> in this time. Yeah. And then even once, once you built it, so here's the thing you built it, but then, you know, you know, and you wore it at, at your job site um, but then you start to notice, ah, oh, maybe I'd change this a little bit and maybe I'd change this a little bit. And then you, you can see improvement within your own design and you still have the capability yep. to make another one. So you're like, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to change that. Yep. So he'd pass his belt along, you know, once he built a, a second version to one of his employees and, uh, if they, cause they were interested in them. Yep. Right. And, uh, and then you would try again. And so again, it was still, it wasn't. To make tool belts for other people it was still just trying to perfect the design for what Mm -hmm. he was looking for and
2: then not waste the one that was already functional
1: yeah and so again at this point it was just but it was very kind of like with your um making your guitar there like it wasn't the most efficient way because he wasn't planning to reproduce this it was you know sitting on the floor with a utility knife knife, you know cutting out thick leather and uh and, and it was fine it wasn't like um you complained about it but you're like this definitely is not the most efficient way to do this (laughs) i remember you saying things like do you enjoy
2: the pro were you enjoying the process well when parts of it well yeah and like there's there's so much of
0: this like every aspect of it that i i can draw parallels to my my building background to construction um like in like every way from the construction of the tool belt to training staff and and efficiency and workflow and all of those things um like a big part of my brain that I'd exercised through construction was that conceptual imaginative part of your mind where you're trying to solve real world practical problems before you have to build it on the job site. So I've had, you know, I've done everything from like entry-level spec houses to multi-million dollar high-end customs. So you get to build all a a huge variety of different Mm -hmm. different styles of, of homes. And there was... Some very intricate stuff that we built over the years and some of them where there's like you know elliptical ceiling radius ceilings intersecting a radius uh, arch top window intersection and you have like radius and elliptical intersections that you've got a frame out of wood and so i i'd I'd lay in bed at night sometimes not stressed i'm like i'm imagining okay what's my process for Mm -hmm. having these two radiuses intersect and how do i scribe this to fit here and and I don't want to have this like janky crappy conclusion. Like, I want this to be like dialed so that when the like my the way that I always built was basically to to set up the frame so that the sub trades that followed me just loved coming after us. But mm-hmm. yeah. like, that was always my my pursuit. Like I mm-hmm. want the drywallers to make, oh. This couldn't have been better. This mm-hmm. is such a I breath love following air. Acrobus, yeah. Exactly. And <laughs> when guys are putting the flooring down, like I got to the side and I had like a, you know, I had to do a three quarter inch rip down the entire side of the house. It was like bang on perfect. Like it just made it so easy. And your electricians making sure that, you know, their boxes are spaced off properly because we did the correct amount of studs and cripples and, and, uh, and spaces for plumbers for their, your plumbing to work where toilets are and stacking up our studs and our joists so that duct work runs can flow. Like all of these little things. Until HVAC comes and they're like, eh, I could probably t- t- yeah. cut through that. <laughs> well, and that's a, yeah, a whole nother topic. But yeah, there's times where you like go through all this energy to cater to these guys. And then they come and like run their drops in the completely wrong space and butcher things and chop bearing walls apart. Um, but that whole like kind of conceptual mind where you're trying to like figure stuff out, I really enjoyed that. Mm. you know that like I'm thinking if I do this in this way and this way, then this will work. Oh, oh, I got it. yeah oh excited now, <laughs> and you'll see like that that that's something that my staff see in the shop here. Well I'll have an idea and and uh, I mean sometimes you try to execute it, it doesn't work, and it's discouraging, and frustrating, but with the amount of experience I've got doing it, I'd say more often than not, my first attempt now is usually fairly good. In the odd time, it's like it, it's one try and it works. It's super satisfying. So there's there's kind of this gratification in like taking a thought of something and actually bringing it to reality and having it function. Like that, that kind of creation, practical, real, tangible kind of creation mm, yeah. is super satisfying. And on a job site, you show up to a job site and here's a truckload of material sitting on the ground. <coughs> I'm going to organize that now into this beautiful structure. Here's a pallet full of leather all rolled up. Now it's a practical, wearable, functional piece of kit that someone's going to use and they're going to be excited because it, mm-hmm. it works for well of them. So that's, that's super appealing to me. I, I geek yeah. out over
1: that. To you, yeah. This is why yeah. this is why we're different. <laughs> <To you. laughs> I'm like, I just want the thing at the yeah. end. <laughs> I don't want to put on all the work <laughs> and the trial and error yeah. or any of that. I just want to be like, this is what I envision. I just want it to appear right there.
0: <laughs> so what's, what's your now perspective on you know, when I'm framing full-time, mm-hmm. all of a sudden now I'm adding in this other variable of mm-hmm. playing yeah, toolbox. well, belts.
1: I mean, you're a pretty intentional guy, so it wasn't like you were dropping balls left, right, and center when it came to our family. Um, I have pretty distinct memories of as you're sitting down there with the utility knife cutting, you know, our kids are down there doing their home reading, or you've got the spelling list sitting beside you on the floor, and you're quizzing them on their spelling words and stuff, so you weren't like Peace out on the family. I'm going to go work on leather. You mm-hmm. were like trying to incorporate and make sure you weren't dropping balls there too. So I I appreciated that, that it wasn't our, like context, I'm choosing this over this. Yeah. Right.
0: And for context, right now, um, our kids currently are let's get this up, 11, 12, 15, 17.
1: Yeah. Yep. Hey, yeah. Hey.
0: <laughs> so they were six years younger than I'm not doing the math right yeah, now. Yeah.
1: Seven, even I think. Seven almost. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so those those things were still happening, um, which thank you, by the way, for making sure those things still happen through Mm. that. And it makes it easier to cheer you on and support you and be like, yeah, go for it, because it's not um, like I think for sure there was things that our our family has sacrificed to get this all going. But it wasn't as detrimental as it maybe could have been um, if you weren't as thoughtful to make sure that you weren't dropping yeah, those balls with our family, so that was great. And because of the way your brain works, you um, naturally always want to teach our kids stuff. So he were like, "Hey, let me show you how this machine works," and also like, "Don't put your finger there because that's death, like yeah. <laughs> for your finger." <laughs> so um, yeah, you've always wanted, you've always invited them into whether it was you know even in construction or you're working on stuff in our on our home or whatever into like, "Hey, do you want to learn how this works?" and and teaching them that. So with leather, it was the same. Like,
0: and not that they've all been keen. To learn. I'd, I'd invite lots. And there's like, yeah, don't care.
2: Not interested. Yeah. I know. Okay. Sometimes I have these moments where I'm like, oh, they're going to love this. And they're like, uh-huh. Like, That's it. Can, can I go now? Yeah. Oh, I can I go now? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: So then sometimes it was, you know, again, doing what they needed in the moment. Or if they wanted to like read out loud to you to practice their reading, then you were like, yeah, come a lot on of man.
0: A lot of that early time too was, I think the time I'd put in was early in the morning. Yeah. Um, like we'd start start work on the job site at 7.30. And so I was for a while getting up yeah, early and probably by five or so wow. I'd be working on the tool belt stuff. I'm like, this is the time that mm-hmm. I've got where I can actually focus on it. And that wasn't a, all the time, but that was kind mm-hmm. of one of the periods of time I could actually access to be able to focus on it mm-hmm. and not be a burden on the family. Yeah. I don't remember so, that too
1: much because I was sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point,
2: this is like, you're still making them for yourself. You're still trying to perfect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've been handing some of the, you know,
1: Yeah, his crew was a decent size at the time. So we had lots of people to like, And even you would say, try this one because they had different needs too. So then you got intrigued with the idea of you know Chad your your wrong-handed guy being like oh well what would Chad need and do you find what you're looking for out there well I can make you one like all of a sudden you're realizing like I have the ability while I have this machine you know before I sell it (laughs) I'm gonna I can help make a belt for you and you found that kind of fun so then you were figuring out what your guys liked and what they were hoping for in the belts and making them custom ones and even like to care for them and as gifts you were like oh I can like show them my appreciation by making them this belt so it was sort of like as a gift mentality for a while too yeah. but at the time you were working at a pretty big development in Penticton there and uh, other trades and people started to notice these belts that more and more of your crew were, we- were wearing and so there was started to be some interest and intrigue and people were asking like hey where'd you guys get those right is that Kind of, what so was happening it. next?
2: That kind of clicked and you're like, maybe I should get a clicker press. Because um, I feel like to go from having a sewing machine that's like a pain because it's not fully set yeah. up to then yeah. get a clicker press or well, then get a better sewing machine. I
1: think so. it was the better sewing machine was first.
2: Yeah,
0: well, the, if I jump back for a minute, yeah. like when the when originally I needed to replace my tool belt mm-hmm. but the very, very beginning, right away I was like, could I make my own? Mm. Before I even did all the research to yes. look around, I'm like, what would it take to make my own tool belt? That could be cool. And I researched for a couple of weeks sewing machine clicker press kind of like educated myself like here's like the the base if you're gonna if this is something you're ever gonna do this is what you would need mm-hmm. and within that period of time like oh I need to drop like 30k to be able to build myself a tool belt to have the machinery materials rivets, mm-hmm. and stuff I need like Kate, <laughs> back burner not even yeah like, you went no. into
1: like a local saddlery and just asked lots of questions yeah
0: called around and looked yeah. at stuff online um so then when uh it came time to start Moving forward with it, mm-hmm. then it was like, okay, I know, I know the equipment that
2: I would need for this to carry on if I'm going to do this more. Um, so that was the moment, though, that you had a bit of a click. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe I should do this.
1: Well, and you also enjoyed it. Like again, he enjoyed <laughs> the creating. He enjoyed that people had different things that they were looking for. You were trying to figure out what's the most um, like universal. Like what are what if you're like you know your average framer. This is what you want. If you're um, yeah. Right. Let's
0: say it was it was all kind of a means to an end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the end kept getting farther away.
1: Yes. And then right? but then you you um sorry, I'm lack for words here. Um you kind of more thought of it as like a side hustle. You were like something I enjoy. Yep. And it was kind of like hobby, it kind of switched into hobby mentality where you were yep. like, I enjoyed the process. Um, maybe this could be like a hobby where hey, people like the odd person wants to and buy a belt for from itself. me and yeah. yeah, it pays for itself. And that was kind of um one of the key things actually that he would throw out there of like how about how about this is like the new proposal how about i keep this machine (laughs) right but but the money that comes from it in a sense pays us back for it and so that we've in a sense sold it back but now it's its own little hobby entity and if i can make money through it then i can use that money to buy some equipment to make this a little more efficient so that i can enjoy it a bit more and not like you know, sit on the floor and use, you know, mm-hmm. the blades and that kind of thing to yeah. to cut them out.
0: The 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 moment that it, there was the twinkle in my eye, if I'd called it that, was when we were working at Sendero, Sendero Canyon, this big development that we were building in. And there's, so we were the primary framing contractor, concrete framing contractor in that development. But there was other framers that ended up coming in and the development's a 230-lot subdivision, which we ended up building about two-thirds of. And they ended up being, you know, Seventy to hundred tradespeople on that site all the time, from roofers, the drywallers, other framing companies, and excavators, and everything. Um, and there was a friend of mine, another framer uh, named Johnny, and one of his employees was a guy named Joe, great big, tall, skinny guy. And uh, he had seen my belts, and we we got on really well with the other crews there. And he came by at one point. He's like, "Hey, would you make me one of those?" <laughs> and that was the first that was the first time that someone approached me and was like. I would i would pay for something like that if you'd make me one mm-hmm. so that was where i i took that on mm-hmm. and was using my little sewing machine and i i kept trying to take my little sewing machine and treat it like a big sewing machine mm-hmm. and putting heavier thread and bigger needles and <laughs> uh, just pushing it to its limits and breaking things mm-hmm. so to the point that I'm wearing safety glasses because needles are exploding in my face. Yeah, and
1: kids can't now sit by you.
0: Yeah, and I'm getting frustrated because now I'm like, there's a better way. And I know what the better way is, mm-hmm. but it costs money. Mm-hmm. Is this a step that we're going to take
2: at mm-hmm. some point? So that's when I... Especially when you're used you. to tools of the trade being on, and you just you like, know, zoom, like yeah, You know how to... Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I know that there's something that does this well. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: if it's out there, I mean, there's time and place also. I mean, here's a, here's a good analogy. When we're doing foundations... Um, there's a couple tools that I I was tempted to purchase. So one of them was a Hitachi rebar uh, electric rebar cutter and bender. So instead of having to manually bend and cut rebar with a variety of other kind of lame tools, you could buy this Hitachi electric bender, and it would bend all your L's and you could actually shear metal with it. But they were about two thousand dollars, and they would typically only last about a year. They need a big rebuild, and so I was one. So I was like be nice. But after not too long, it's going to be a problem. And I don't know if I can justify the cost. So we'll just kind of carry on in this other manner for now. And maybe down the road, when they perfect the machine, they'll become justifiable. Um, so there was lots of tools that we could have got um, at times that I'm just like, you know, what, it, doesn't, it won't pay for itself. Mm-hmm. You know? We'll have a, a short-term benefit for a long-term headache. Um, and maybe we'll end up paying more for it and the maintenance won't justify the time that's saved, right? So again, that's like a that's a pretty typical um issue in any industry. But the sewing machine was another one of those things. Like I can make do with this. Where's where's the threshold where it's justifiable to take that mm-hmm. next step?
1: Well, and some of your designs developed too, where the, the amount of layers that you wanted to go through, yep. you were having to like adjust your design because you're like, Oh, I can't go through that many layers. So you were kind of hit this wall. Where he's like, the ideal design would actually have, I don't know what it was, this many layers of leather, and this machine just literally can't handle it. Yep. And so it, it actually became a barrier for you. And so there was a point where it was a pretty clear um, decision, right? Like, we're either going to go down the path where you're going to maybe make this little side hustle thing. Properly. Yeah, yeah properly mm-hmm. and do it, you know, efficiently. Or it's going to remain a hobby but you're not going to be able to do it to the best of your ability in a sense is how you figured out how to do this which in my mind is like luke will not thrive
2: <laughs> well, I was gonna say, I'm like, knowing your personality yeah. knowing my personality too, i'd be like i'm already this far like yeah. we're doing this but yeah. then that's when the proposals yeah. start coming right? yeah. well it
0: was at that moment where i'm trying to build this tool for mm-hmm. joe was his name right and i'm trying to backstitch and i can't mm-hmm. and at that moment i was like Am I, am, yeah, am, am I doing this or am I not doing this? Either I'm wrapping this up. I'm not going to do this half-ass and be be unhappy with my product.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm either going to wrap this up and sell this stuff mm-hmm. and be done with this, or I'm going to carry on and take, make the appropriate sacrifices and investment to take the next step forward mm-hmm. that it will remove the barriers I'm currently dealing right.
1: with. And this is after, I don't know if it's up to a year now, but this is after many months of him. Right A year. Yeah, like working with the leather, creating some tool belts, getting pretty excited about your designs um, and how it's going.
0: Also starting to at this time with Sendero, I've been building into my leadership of my team and I was starting to be able to free myself up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like not having to be on the job site
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: all the time. I've actually got some margin now.
1: Yeah. Do you think this is what pushed you to f- start to free yourself up?
0: No that was, which I've talked about in other podcasts, that started actually at Chadwell's build Mm. with uh, Chad and Lance and that whole situation of like having to intentionally draw back a bit to Mm -hmm. build into them because I was so prone to micromanage my projects Mm. and be control of everything and they came a point where that I became aware that that was not really respectful and Mm -hmm. building into my employees, my guys that had potential Mm -hmm. and I actually like for me to actually grow this company and honor them I need mm-hmm. to actually start stepping away, giving them authority and responsibility, mm-hmm. <laughs> which will build confidence in them. They'll start being able to take on crews and projects themselves, and it actually frees me up, grows right. the company. I can then come into a supporting role. Uh, and so that was. That's when that you
1: had, that weren't in the development. You had houses kind of in different spots, and it was hard yeah. to be everywhere at once, too. Yeah. Right, and, Just and we're like kind of physically. bringing
0: on more people, and
1: yeah. So I that was that. kind
0: of an intentional change then. So I kind of staged that in my business practice already. So mm-hmm. when that time came mm-hmm. with the leather company, I'm like, I've actually got the infrastructure already mm-hmm. in place that allows me to start
1: mm-hmm.
0: being a little bit more absent.
1: And I think for you, it probably it's was incredible a,
2: in that space in particular. Because yeah. even when you talked about that in the previous podcast, of you started r- when somebody called out that your guys showed up, but they weren't making decisions or they were afraid to make decisions. Yeah. And then that shifted your leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. No, I was gonna say. Um, I think as well, you were starting to feel like if you were to continue down this path, it was going to more significantly um, infringe on our family time mm-hmm. and on the rest of our life. And so you were you were had to make a decision um, with can I step back a little bit in my time from the construction company while still managing it from home, right? Like you're you're available, you're you need you go in when needed, but can I take some hours and dedicate them during the week? to these tool belts yeah. and is it worth it? So you're trying to balance that out. And so I remember, I actually remember standing on the stairs when you gave me the pitch for the, um, for the stitcher. harness stitcher. Yeah, for the, okay. like the heavy duty sewing machine. And I remember, <laughs> cause Luke doesn't come to ask anything unless he's like done his homework and he's thought through like, my possible responses and then he's got like a response for those responses is usually how it feels I don't know if this is super intentional but usually how it feels so that um and not that he's like trying to manipulate but he just wants to be really prepared for um how the conversation I guess will go And so I remember feeling like, whoa, like he was really prepared, like more than usual (laughs) prepared (laughs) for this conversation and my possible reactions to putting out, you know, a few thousand dollars for this machine, which um, was a significant investment for us. Like at that time, when I'm just thinking about all the things we had going on in life and things we were dealing with, um, it it was a sacrifice at the time to to make this investment. Mm. And so like it was Which I was aware of. Yes, which you mm-hmm. were aware of. Like we felt it personally. Yeah. And so um yeah. But I remember being like like actually really impressed with like your approach and how um in a sense I could just see how much you wanted it. Mm-hmm. Right. And how much you would have been enjoying it and how you were, had thought about like our family and the dynamics and how you're gonna spend your time and what this investment was gonna look like and how the money was gonna work, and this is what it was gonna cost, but this is what you think you could make, you know, and, and in a sense, pay us back in this amount of time. And, yeah. and so part of me was like, I would be cruel to say no. <laughs>
2: like, like this you're, is, is
1: life giving yeah. to you yeah. at this point, right? And like,
2: the, this is after you've experienced like selling a couple to a couple yeah. guys, and they were like, oh, you know, you sell <laughs> 10 of these, and then all of a sudden that thing is paid for. Mm-hmm. Well, and a big, a big part of that kind of, groundswell of motivation and excitement was
0: that once I get, and I'm, you can speak to this cause there's multiple areas of my life where this is the case, once I kind of get something in my mind and I see the potential, I get obsessive and overly mm-hmm. ambitious and kind of just dive in with both feet and, I'm like, now I'm in. And, I, and you know that about me. So it's like if I say yes to this, <laughs> this is likely yeah, going somewhere. so I actually have so, to be
1: careful. And even, like, planting seeds in your mind, but it also I can use this superpower – for my well-being like the fact that we have a hot tub currently filling up because i planted that seed of like we should maybe get a hot tub and then i'm within and then a walk
2: away yeah. and it looks like hot tub hot tub. <laughs> like, well okay, within a week okay, i'm yeah. getting
1: like mar- like facebook marketplace like here's a hot tub what kind would you want like what what are you thinking of like what size researching and he's researching what kind do you know if you want chlorine bromine salt water and i was like i have literally only thought as far as a hot, hot tub, tub would be nice <laughs> But I don't
0: want to buy a new one because they're so bloody expensive. We don't need so to letter, talk about a hot
1: tub. Yeah. So anyway,
3: all of that. So yeah, that's
0: so my- all
1: that just says. His brain's like, "Ooh, hot tub world." But but it's but it's something that I know about Luke is that if I, um, in a sense, fan a flame of something, like he's all in, which is again a trust that I have with him is that if he's gonna try a thing, like he's gonna give it everything he's got and he's gonna do it well, like he's gonna do it with excellence. And so I'm not worried about buying this machine and it's sitting in our basement and not being used because that's just not his character and not his personality. Mm -hmm. And so I have a high level of trust with Luke wanting to invest in something because he's clearly thought it through, and he has has had a track record of following through with this is what I say I'm going to do and I'm going to do it. Like that's- that,
0: to, to speak back that a little bit, that doesn't mean that everything I've ever endeavored and everything I've ever bought has been like, I've taken it to its end of
1: conclusion. No, I think I you're also, perfect. That's what I'm trying to communicate.
0: I've also had you know, several things. That's what that- I tell my kids.
2: I've never made a mistake. Like, whatever, Dad.
0: Whatever, Dad. Yeah, when my kids catch me for having a mistake, I'm like, there, it finally happened. Yeah,
1: <laughs> But when you say it a hundred times, it's just like it's an eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: so where I was one. going with that is if, if I don't take it somewhere, I'm also a bit of a perjurer. I'm like, okay, that didn't work out. Let's move that on. Let's take it up space. Yes. Let's wrap it up. Take it as a loss. Okay, and let's move forward. Yes, you
1: are a purger. That's true. Um,
0: so uh, one thing I wanted to to touch on in regards to the laying out the cell the to you about the sewing <laughs> machine was that, through that process, I'm like, if I got that machine, that could mean. And then my brain goes like, full-blown tool belt business, selling tool belts all over the world.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Potentially, one day maybe, draw that way back.
3: Mm-hmm. I can
0: serve my local little community well, and if it continues on, then I can buy some more equipment and it can just grow on its own. Mm-hmm. And I can just slowly pick my way along. But there's you zoom out and there's just big grandiose picture of like, how far will it go?
3: Yeah,
0: it could go to. Mm -hmm. to hear, but in the midst of it i'm like i'm not gonna shoot for that i'm gonna push for that i'm not gonna expect it or even hope for it Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna try and continue to be a good steward of the things i have access to here and now Mm -hmm. try to respect the people around me and it'll go
2: where it goes and we'll see we're talking 2018 17 19 i met you guys in like 19 Mm -hmm. i think
1: well, 2018 is when we built the addition for the shop onto our house. Wow. Was that summer? So it must have been 16, 17 when all of this was happening, mm-hmm. um, because obviously, if we build a shop, we're already
2: committed. In. Yeah, and we yeah.
1: had we had this machine by then. So yeah, it's more like 2016, <gasps> 2017 yeah. um, that that these conversations were being had. Um, but I was gonna say that um, with your construction company, something that I noticed too was you weren't trying to to push to like be big take on as much as you can like that was also never your mo and so um i wasn't worried that you were going to try to like unnecessarily push the growth of this in a way that was going to um be unwise yeah
0: and that's that's been something that i know that you and i have talked about um is because your approach oftentimes is like let's set some goals <laughs> and i'm like no no let me build systems. <laughs> yeah. Let me build systems. Let me build a foundation. And we'll get where we get because we're supposed to get there, not because we like charge through and force ourselves to get there. And again, your approach to things is, is very typical, wise you know, business advice and motivation. Whereas for me, I'm so cautious to be like, no, I want to build as strong a stronger foundation under it. And if it naturally gets there, it gets there. And that way, if it doesn't get there... I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like I did the it's best. Like more thing, field what I, what of I dreams
1: have. mentality here. <laughs> yeah. if I okay, so it, they will come. <laughs>
2: yeah. So to get back on track a little bit. Yeah. Um, she so said I, yes. Said yes. <laughs> <laughs> I said
1: yes. I said yes. Which then
2: led to shop, clicker press. It kind of well, went from there, but right? then it or, took.
1: Yeah, because a, a part of our like we hadn't renovated our home yet, and so part of that was great because we had some of these weird spaces that used to be a kitchen in the downstairs, and the storage room area. And so he was taking over pieces of it that we weren't really using um at the time and making them shop. Like you had put in new f- cork flooring in that old kitchen. Yeah. And some of the things were convenient, like the um the stove. Yeah, place. the stove plug-in, like that you would oh, the, that yeah, yeah. special what uh, this is where I don't know
0: stuff. The range plug, yeah.
1: Yeah, the range <laughs> plug that's more power, or whatever, was yeah. like suitable for a certain machine. And he was like, oh, this is super convenient. This is great. But you again, you weren't like we're going to need a shop.
0: No. And like the other thing too, once that, once we bought that for sewing machine,
1: mm-hmm.
0: now I'm like, okay, we, we've got the ball rolling.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now all of a sudden I'm actively looking like I need a, pre- a clicker press, which is basically a, a machine that's got a cutting bed on it, a hydraulic head that you activate it. It comes down and it pushes an industrial cookie cutter through a leather, mm-hmm. through leather into the shape that you want.
1: Because that was the most painful part of the process is cutting out the leather.
0: Yeah. That, yeah. And the slowest, Yeah. All
1: yeah. kinds of issues with that but so you have to commit that, to a design so exactly. that's the yeah. that's a whole the tipping point <laughs> no, yeah.
2: like, and it was like dyes and everything it's oh, like it's, it's a, a whole thing, thing but yeah. yeah
0: but basically what i'm saying is that once we got that industrial sewing machine mm-hmm. like this is the the first core element that i require now that i'm on this journey now i actually kind of have a green light to pursue and try and find the other elements in equipment in the equipment realm that I would need to do this better and better. So now the ball's rolling. Mm-hmm. I'm like, now I'm gonna actually look for a clicker press. And mm-hmm. now I'm actually selling tool belts, I'm making some money and I'm investing that re- back into the company and I'm looking for a clicker. Mm-hmm. I'm looking like crazy and like, okay, there are thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, then I find one on a classifieds listing in Toronto from a leather shoe manufacturer for 500 bucks and they need it gone by the end of the week.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I got to wow. ship it, it costs a force. I make some, I call the guys like, yeah, it's a 240 volt or, um, three phase 600 volt machine i'm like okay i'm gonna call an electrician i'll call you back and i call my electrician i'm like there's this machine that would do what i want to do but just incredible power like is this possible at a residential location and he's like uh, um, long story short yes there'll be some fancy electrical equipment but yes Just don't it,
2: tell the district
0: <laughs> we, we, can, we can make it work I'm like okay so then you know pull the trigger on that and get those things coming so that was kind of like you know that the purchase of that harness stitcher was mm-hmm. the kind of catalyst for me to like kind of put on a green light to start pursuing the rest and then trying to keep the reins held back to do it at the appropriate time talk to you about you know mm-hmm. the the growth of the company and and how it's going and not get overextended mm-hmm. and uh, and manage that and
1: i think you you were pretty excited about the things that you thought would be awesome in a tool belt you're realizing that other people also was like realizing or sorry things you thought would be awesome in a tool belt other people also were like yeah that would be super helpful yeah. and so that's that's motivating
0: super super encouraging <laughs> I mean, to this yeah. day when guys come into the shop that have worn you know cheap tool belts off the shelf for 20 years mm-hmm. and they're like okay that's a tool belt a tool belt let's what's the deal with yours i'll put this one on I'm like oh this feels pretty good rafter square goes in here like oh I always drop that that's, that's that's nice and your nail puller goes and you're like oh I, that thing always rips my pants that's great and then I drop the stick nails into the stick nail sheath uh-huh. and that's usually the moment I was like I gotta ha- I gotta have it because they're like they always bend and break I'm like I know uh, yeah that's why I did it because I I've always hated that so like yeah I, I you know find solutions to these problems I've always had mm-hmm. and I'm preaching to the choir and I'm a tradesman you know, like that's, that's mm-hmm. super oh, it's satisfying. It There's yeah, yeah.
2: such I mean, and then we saw that not to jump to it too no, quick, no. but we saw that once we, it's second, we started actually t- showing it to people, right? Mm. It's like you were doing it on the job site mm-hmm. and then it was like, well, how do you show this to more people? And then as soon as more people started seeing mm-hmm. it, we were like, whoa, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. People want, people are going to want this. Yeah. How do we?
1: Yeah. So then like, I think the next kind of stage was I was helping you. We were taking pictures or no, we built, for so the I'm addition, let's yeah, the talk addition. about
0: that. Yeah. So we originally were going we to renovate to sell our house and build again.
1: Yeah, so we were thinking we would build a new house again, being that you're a builder, it kind of is a natural thought. Um, and so we started to look around at different properties in Summerland where we live, and it's such a beautiful place. We didn't want to move anywhere, <clears throat> but it's also a very hilly place. And so with your um, truck and trailer that you use for work, it actually eliminates so many properties, just even being able to park. A truck and trailer oh, yeah. when we even bought this place that we're in we found that so many we had to we just drive by and be like no nope, wouldn't work just crazy driveways and stuff and so that now we still have that problem because you're still running your construction company but we also needed a property that either had a shop on it with a house we could renovate or a property where we could build a house and a shop because at this point we're thinking it's going to be a home-based business um yeah and how can we do this well
0: So long story short we basically woke up to the rather the location that we were in was perfect already like (laughs) oh let's Mm -hmm. renovate to stay actually for me i'm like means renovation oh no but so be it yeah and so then we made that decision to renovate to stay which means then yeah garage wood shop leather shop space and make it appropriate for us and our four kids Mm -hmm.
1: Um, and we built a shop that we thought was ridiculously large yeah. considering he was in this little room in our downstairs yeah. we're like here's
0: the next 10 years for sure yeah. easy this no is problem.
1: so much space this is crazy like i can't this feels excessive that I we're building setting, this thousand square foot workshop adding onto our home this feels ridiculous
0: but we're having that thousand square feet and then moving my tools into it like this is so
1: dumb it's just like in a corner i'm in a corner
0: like <laughs> you yeah and our kids are playing like hockey, play play hockey on the, the rest, rest of it
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah it was it was hilarious <laughs> Um, so anyway, the, we can probably like skip ahead a little bit in that basically that business started to develop in that space. I ended up actually bringing on one of my framers from the job site to come work with me part-time at first, then full-time. There's two mm-hmm. of us doing it. And we got to a place where now I'm like, okay, now I actually need to um, market or get exposure for these. So mm-hmm. I think actually talking to uh, to your cousins about social media. That's kind of a Well, I think started.
1: before that, you were just going by word of mouth. And remember we made up um, our the own efforts. brochures yeah. and you would load up some of your belts, the different designs that you had at the time. And you would go to some big construction sites. You went to the trade school in Kelowna and you just were like, hey, can I show you my tool belts? And like, you were kind of like a door-to-door salesman at construction sites for a little while because that was the... Seem like the most convenient way to make sales or to have yeah. express interest or share. That's not the right words for that. But to find interest in Get your exposure. product. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Get exposure.
0: Well, and I also drive up in my truck. That's yeah. an Acrobus construction on it. You know, a custom framing company. And I'd go to the job sites, so whether I'd made a phone call first, give them the heads up, I'm coming by, or just show up and be like, hey guys, I'm, a, I'm one of you. <laughs> I make tool belts. Is that interesting? And guys are like, oh, on a coffee break, we'll come down and have a look.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'd
0: sell the odd one and it was kind of getting word out.
1: Yeah. But our but our back to the bookkeeping side, like our bookkeeping is super basic. I'm just using Excel to make invoices. And so we were pretty limited in even what the potential was for sales. It was basically limited to you in person. Yeah making sales or someone coming to our home, hearing about you and saying, Hey, can I come by tomorrow night and have a look at your belts and purchase a belt? And then we'd do up an invoice on our yeah. computer. So there was this gaping void between what you were doing to sell a few locally to do we want to, the next leap was have this available online, have a website where people can actually find us online, order a belt and we mail it to them, which was a quite a steep, like a big hump yeah. to get over because- um, at this point, Luke has zero social media. No thank you was mm-hmm. his uh, mm-hmm. approach to social media. And neither of us are super tech savvy or have ever created a website before, anything like that. Yeah. And so his now that he's got a little bit of efficiency, getting a bit better in the shop and, and some things in place and someone helping him out, he has the capacity and the space to start thinking about that next step. And yeah. so that's where your brain went next.
0: So then your cousins, that's when they helped me get social media set up.
1: Yeah, we went on a trip. We took our kids to visit some family in Quebec. And uh, my cousins, who are, uh, you know, 12, 15 years younger than us, um, were like, You should be on Instagram, was sort of, it was like 2019, I think. And they're like, Yeah, you should totally get on Instagram. I bet you get so much exposure on Instagram and you could share stuff. People would love that. And so um, I had Instagram, but it's just a personal account. And so my cousin actually was doing business school. And so he helped him set up. Um, the account while we were there actually and gave him some tips and, and things and so that was the beginning of that yeah. thanks Michael yeah
0: <laughs> um, so then it basically came to a, a point where, where we were like okay what's the next step we got a little bit of social media see what what that is how yeah. that goes um, and then I start thinking about, okay the next kind of step for exposure is probably to get online so I start thinking okay how do you I mean I did computer design in like grade 10 back in what would that have been 97? Yeah, it doesn't count, 96? I don't think.
1: 96?
0: <laughs> <laughs> means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um... So I start thinking, okay, what are, how do I build a, a website? You know, what's a template website I can use? So I look, looked at Wix. I remember that's what comes to my yeah. Wix websites. And these are templates you can plug into. I'm looking at this stuff. I'm like, oh man, this is a huge can of worms. I have no idea no what I'm doing. Yeah, and
1: usually when it came to computer stuff and like even invoicing and things, you were looking to me for help. I was the techie one, which I'm yeah. not techie. And you're like looking at me <laughs> for website. I was like, I got, I got nothing. I was like, I got absolutely nothing to help yeah. you with this.
0: <laughs> so so through a, a friend of ours, um, I'd kind of asked around through a few kind of business friends and be like, I, I think I need to talk to somebody to get some advice. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it was just in a casual conversation though. they were asking about your business mm-hmm. and you're like, this is the next step I'm looking for. Um, this is kind of what I've done and and this was a mutual friend of yeah. us and Mark that was like, my friend Mark is actually someone you should talk to. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And my, my so signed up reaching out to Mark and this was purely like, hey, this is this business thought that I have and I need to do a website. What sort of a website should I build? What's your advice to me? Because our mutual friend, Bryn, like, you just call Mark and he'll point you in the right direction. and mm. can give me some advice. Mm-hmm. So this is no, no, in no way, shape or form, me reaching out to actually get help with the business and the company website design. It's Like, what are some websites, like, what's the advice you can give me with how I do this? Um, so I got in touch with you. So why don't we just kind of transition here now to that discussion, how that landed on you and maybe even just to give bit a background, give us like a, a two minute on who you are, what your background is and your experience in your company.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, the funny thing is, so Bryn, Bryn made that connection. He hadn't told me yet. So I got a phone call. <laughs> I missed the call because I was like, I don't know this number. Click, yeah. <laughs> you know, it goes to voicemail. Hey, I'm Luke. I'm make some tool belts. It was kind of like, I, you know, we run an agency and a film studio and a bunch of, we had a, a bunch of things going on. And so you know, we're working with like World Vision and like you know this one organization. It's, like the largest homeless shelter in Canada. We're trying, we're trying to do these like big campaigns. And so mm-hmm. when you, and so we're trying to do less of the like, you know, one on one, you know, single Redneck business framer, whatever. Like- yeah, yeah, yeah I, you know.
1: Which he wasn't even looking for. It Was just like, hey, you're a guy who knows stuff. You got a few tips. Can I pick your brain for a minute? Was yeah. like his motivation for the call
2: yeah and we had branded and built some like big custom builders in Edmonton and like Mm. worked with some bigger companies like locally like that but mostly that so when somebody's like hey I I make tool belts in my basement I was kind (laughs) of like I I don't think that's a phone call that I I I'm gonna take like it sounds bad but you know what I mean you're trying to stay focused on your business if if you build like custom homes and someone's like hey I want to build like this yeah you're like no I'm not into it so that was kind of the first take and then Bryn called me and he's like hey my friend Luke's been trying to get a hold of you and then the way he said it is he's like I actually think there's a good business there and he knew that we had sort of set this new you know trajectory with trajectory with our company that was going to say we're going to do fee for service for all the stuff that we're doing with big nonprofits like global NGOs and that kind of stuff and then we're going to open up this like portfolio of companies we want to buy that we can help grow because we know we're really good at this stuff, but we're doing it for nonprofit. Mm. And which we love. Like that's this part of this thing. You get to the end of the year and you're like, man, we're helping, you know, homeless people get homes. We're getting water to people don't have it. We're helping abused women get shelter. Like all this kinds of mm-hmm. stuff. We're like, oh, that's what we want to do. But then you're like, yeah, but there's this skill set in the business that we just really like. It's fun. And 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 whenever we work with these businesses, we see it's easier to get results too with business mm. versus nonprofits. Like tough you have to tell deep stories and you have mm-hmm. to it's a long haul for these big campaigns and so anyways we had made that decision Bryn knew that mm-hmm. and I think he was like I think there's a good business there you should connect with him it could be a portfolio op- opportunity interesting which which <laughs> Wasn't I, thought, all on Luke's radar. <laughs> I thought you knew that so on our first phone call I was kind of like well we'd be interested in taking this portion of the business giving you all this we'll build it all for free let's do this together and uh, see where it goes. And there's shared risk and all that kind of stuff, right? And then I think for you, I'm assuming it was attractive because we're like, we have our lawyers, we've got this, our accountants. It was kind of like, we've got this infrastructure, you can just borrow it, or we can just provide it, and we can grab this thing and go. And um, and on the back end, we're like, okay, well, we're going to tier it and level it and test it. So you know, after we met, and then we kind of got into it, you had like, Fifty to hundred people on Instagrams, like friends and family, (laughs) right? And I was like, okay, so let's start posting this way. You know, uh, let's you know maybe create a forum and like and and post about it. And and I I remember the moment that it really clicked was when um, an account didn't have a huge following; it's like twenty five thousand or something, Mm -hmm. called Tool Belts, reposted a photo of one of the belts, Mm -hmm. and we gained like five thousand followers like overnight. Do you remember that? It was like mm-hmm. the first sort of boom. And it was like a hundred thousand views or something. And it felt so massive at yep. the at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh and then shortly after that, we opened a Squarespace landing page with a forum. It was like, you know, I was we were in such like simple simple test mode let's just open it and say hey if you want to buy some of these you know because i didn't want to break the system either so and or go build this whole thing that wasn't going to work mm-hmm. i'm totally and I, by myself at this point yeah exactly yeah. so that was kind of why we're like we'll just put a little form open and say submit if you would like to order some of these or like put in your mm-hmm. you know preferences and we'll reach out to you thinking you'd get 10 of these and you could chat with those people and i remember we you posted about it we opened it and then you called me right away, like seconds. <laughs> it was like right away. You're like, shut it off. Yeah. I was like, what? I'm like, what do you mean, shut it off? You're like, no, 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 You're like shut it off. It is right there's now. too much. Like, shut it off. I'm like, <laughs> whoop. It's Like, click off sites off. Like, yeah, you know. And then you, I, and then we kind of walked through like, hey, go on and say, hey, we, uh, we took, we kind of hit our maximum, you know. And that was the beginning of the sort of like selling out. And I think it took two, three years that we kept just selling like just yeah. we couldn't hit the capacity fast enough. And I think that's there's it's a positive thing in a sense to the systems that you fought for to build something that's going to be sustainable, that's going to be, you know, yeah, you you pump the brakes on the growth side. Cause I think there's this other like mentality, the rah-rah mentality that's like, you landed it, there's all this white space, go build 15 warehouses worth of this stuff and let's like tell the world, you know? Mm. And, um, I, I wouldn't, you know, I'd be lying if I said, there isn't a bit of that personality (laughs) in me, you know, we
1: see that in you. Yeah. You
2: see that in me. I know, (laughs) but, uh, but no, but I've loved, it's been, it's been awesome just to kind of, you know, pump the brakes on that part and actually build a really good, robust business that's from a lifestyle standpoint, from a business standpoint, um, I think is, is, is amazing. And it's actually doing some really good things. So, I mean, there's a lot more I' I want to, to, that, but, yeah. I want to jump
0: back to my my perception of our first discussion, yeah, I'm so curious <laughs> so, well,
2: because we flew out to come see you, too, right? So yeah, there was right. a point where we're like, hey, my brother and I hopped on a plane, we came out and came and saw the shop, saw the belts. We had heard you say, hey, i'm I walk onto a job site, and I sort of like sell six of these things that you know, yeah. so we had a sense, okay, number one in business is a good product if it, if it right. if you don't have a good product, walk away. like mm. it's just you don't want to pedal. There's nothing worse than trying to peddle a product that's not good. Mm-hmm. And so that was our first intrigue. So, okay, let's fly out. Yeah. <laughs> so so in that first
0: discussion, again, I'm reaching out to get some advice on what kind of a website I should build, um, what my next business move maybe should be, what do I kind of do a storefront, like what do I do? And so from my vantage point, you were like, okay, explain your business to me a bit. And I kind of <laughs> lay it out and explain that. And I, my sense was you're like, huh.
2: That's interesting. Would you ever
0: want help with that?
2: Yeah, that's why I'm calling. Or no, Right? You so thought I'm like, I was just gonna give advice. Yeah, yeah that's what I originally thought. Uh-huh. So you're
0: like, would you ever want like assistance and help with this? Yeah. And I was at that moment, I remember being like, oh, change gears here. Wasn't thinking this at all. I'm like thinking this is gonna be a huge work, bunch of work I'm gonna have to do and this person can kind of point me in that direction. So mm-hmm. when you're like, would you kind of want assistance with that, is that something that interests you at all? right away, I'm like, yeah, actually. So, (laughs) and the reason that that was appealing to me is that I have also, as much as I really enjoy taking things on, doing things myself, there are a select number of things I'm like, hard no. That's not my expertise, Mm -hmm. not my interest, not my skill set. So for instance, um, one thing I basically don't touch in any kind of renovation stuff is electrical. I'm like, no, I don't know how it works. I shouldn't know how it works. I'm going to burn the house down. (laughs) I don't understand it all. Like, Tell, trying to get me to explain how a three-way switch works, not a clue. And I've been explained to you several times. It looks simple. Oh, I get it. And then ten seconds later, it's gone. I just I don't retain <laughs> that information. So when it comes down to like uh, this whole other entity, this virtual world, online website, and someone's like, "This is what we do." Is there any appeal to you in like kind of allowing us to take that on? And there's some kind of a partnership. i was like, oh. I know the value in paying people to do what they do well. Mm-hmm. And I don't have this, this huge level of pride that means I've got to do it all myself. I mm-hmm. actually see the value in collaborating as a team. I mean, on a job site, when we're working, my favorite, so my favorite days are when we're framing walls and I'm laying out. I got my guy Chad cutting all the plates or cutting all the window packages and cripples, and everything else. I've got two guys on nailers that are nailing behind. And as I get ahead with my layout, I'm sheeting. And we just like all ass around each other. And so I really see value in everyone having their role and you work together as a team, like that's where efficiency mm-hmm. really starts to crank up. And so at that moment, a whole pile of things kind of went through my head and I'm like, if this is the right person and they take partial ownership of things is what we end up talking about. And they're responsible for this whole side of things that I have no expertise in whatsoever. Yes, I'm wanting to talk, mm-hmm. I am interested. Mm-hmm.
1: And And we went and met with a friend of ours, a business owner, because again, this kind of business is different Mm -hmm. completely than a construction company. And so we actually went and met with um, a guy that we respect and know a business owner in town and just said, hey, business wise, like using your business sense, this is what's come up. Like, what's your gut reaction to this? Yeah, got some advice from him. And uh, yeah, just so thankful to have people like that in our lives to be like, hey, can we just talk this through with you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, this, is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? Is there something we're missing like that we should be thinking about with this? Um, yeah, so super thankful for people yeah. like that.
0: So yeah, based with some good counsel and and then after meeting and talking through those, those possibilities, then that decision was made like, okay, let's structure it this way. You're responsible for this. I'll keep doing this and we'll collaborate together and then we'll kind of see where it goes. And uh, In
2: hindsight, it's pretty interesting how quickly some of that stuff developed mm-hmm. because yeah. I remember we flew out and I remember just shaking your hand in your living room before we left. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, cool, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, yeah. that's kind of where it was yeah. at. And then, and then of course we went and like, you know, unanimous shareholder agreement, all the stuff that we knew was going to have to come after mm-hmm. incorporation. There was no, no company technically. No, we're right? still
1: just yeah. Luke Grimer, sole Yeah. So all that
2: stuff, we kind of came in after that. Um And when I look at that in hindsight, um, I don't know, like it felt like stars aligned though in a sense. It didn't feel flippant. It didn't feel like I think there was enough there. But I think I was like dead set committed um, at that time to be like, I'm not going to be a statistic, you know? And so I think some of the commitments that I made to you that I was like, hey, I know that there's all this equipment that's in your name. It's expensive. It's been blood, sweat and tears. You know, you've got your reno, you've got all this stuff going on. There's, you know... For your family, like being aligned, having a young family at the same time too. You guys had a young family. or oh, not as young. <laughs> but uh, anyways, mine was like young, young. And um, and and sitting in that moment and going, you know what, like 1,000% here are the commitments. Like mm. we're, you're going to get everything you put in back before anything else, you know, happens. We're going to do this. And I remember just being like, that's, you know, and then to to just serve and support and kind of be, you know, just not fumble the ball on that. Because yeah. um, that's the biggest thing. And like you hear all these statistics in business and they're all really true. Don't go into business with friends, family, blah, blah, blah. Well, my brother's my business partner. We've been able to debunk that one. That's mm-hmm. been awesome. Like it's to this day, mm-hmm. it's the best it's ever been. Um, and so it's just people don't communicate. And I think mm-hmm. I was really quickly able to see some of your character and the way you guys functioned. you know, not being passive in the least and how important that is in any business relationship. Um, you've talked about it previously in, in terms of like that's how your construction business even grew. It was like it was pretty simple. We just did what we said we would do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shockingly, and yeah, yeah, I like, think wow sho- like shocker. <laughs> but I mean, but it, it it I mean, I don't know. I, it's interesting, yep. but that was sort of where we were at dead set on just saying, Hey, we've we're gonna commit to our word on this yep. and see where it goes. And then I think um we I wouldn't say caught lightning in a bottle in a sense, but you know, the timing. The ser- what you were serving a need in the industry when you know there wasn't a lot of you know there weren't a lot of other players um yeah. and uh and all that it was uh, exciting came together mm-hmm. well and here we are how many four years later yeah all right four yeah. years yeah. later in a bit. So and long
0: yeah. gone out of the home shop into our new permanent facility with storefront and things are up and rocking
3: cool. yeah Mm-hmm. It's great.
0: But you thought you'd be doing a podcast like four years ago? <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> <That's great. laughs> Definitely All right. Yeah, well,
0: yeah. thanks so much, you guys, yeah, uh, yeah. for the talk. We'll continue again in another episode. Thanks for watching, listening, and take care.